Welcome to Caffeinated Humor. You know, uh, there's a lot of folks that I know that deal with OCD. For those that don't know, it's called Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. And what it means is you have an underlying obsession that forces you to behave in a certain way. Now, it runs the gamut from people that can't pick up their cell phone without touching it on the top, the bottom, and both sides first. And if they don't do it in the exact order in the right place, they have to do it again. That's what I think of as the worthless OCD. Then again, I happen to know somebody who is a, their OCD manifests itself in that they're really, really good at what they do for a living. I mean, it makes them, their attention to detail is a stunning thing to behold simply because their mind won't let them stop before it's perfect. Okay, I don't see a problem with that. That sounds like a pretty useful trait. On the Howard Stern Show once, they had a guy on whose obsessive compulsive disorder was a cleanliness thing. And anytime he came into the studio, you would see him picking up stuff, straightening stuff. It all had to look perfect. Otherwise, he couldn't rest. So, as a joke, they tied him to a chair. And one of the, the interns began tearing up pieces of paper and dropping them on the ground in front of him. The guy with his hands tied behind his back was trying to pick up the paper with his feet. And that's the kind of obsession that really it gets in the way of you enjoying your life. And for those that are still iffy on the whole idea of obsession, I'm not talking about a five-year-old trying to play with Legos. That's simply fun and you're into it. I'm talking about you couldn't quit playing with those Legos if your life depended on it. Although, come to think of it, Legos are a bad example simply because I think all little kids are a little obsessed with them. I used to accuse my brother of hiding mine. But then again, he was kind of a prick, so he probably did hide mine. Anyway, back to the source. It is an odd thing when you start to notice other people's behavior. And trust me, people watching is what I do. It's it's been my hobby for the longest time. And the thing I think that feeds it is coffee. Because I spend an inordinate amount of time in Starbucks. Well, what goes on in Starbucks? People go on in Starbucks. So if you're heavily caffeinated sitting, this is back when I used to sit in Starbucks for hours, pre-pandemic, and I would just write, write about whatever caught my eye. And once you really start paying attention to people's behavior, guess what happens? There's a lot of shit to look at. I mean, there's, it's not even crazy. It's sometimes not even that big a thing, but you see it in the right vein of or right perspective. And all of a sudden it's weird. I mean, my mind has turned shit weird that wasn't weird to start with. And then some of it is just insane. Some of it's like, how are you not in jail for this type of behavior? What comes to mind? The couple that that came in a couple of mornings that I saw, and they would get their kids hot cocoa, and they would get them like a little muffin or a piece of cake, sit them down in a booth, and then mom and dad would take off. Half hour, 45 minutes. And just at the point where the manager would get involved, maybe somebody was thinking about calling the cops, all of a sudden mom and dad are back. And they would grab the kids and sail out of there before anybody could tell them anything else. You know, that's not obsession. That's criminal. But not my family. And maybe that's one of the things that I've noticed. I I had someone who studied psychology. They never went into the field, but they studied it. And I've been told that I show symptoms 
and quite a bit of signs that point to a compartmentalized form of sociopathy. In other words, I view family and friends and pets different than I view the the greater mass of humanity. And this was the main question that they based their diagnosis on. I still don't see the issue with it. You go into a burning building, and in that burning building is a blood relative who's 98 years old and you know is in hospice care about to die of cancer. And next to them is a baby, but you don't know that baby. You have no idea whose baby it is, just that it's a baby. You only have time to save one. Who do you save? without hesitation I said the family member and they said do you realize that the greater mass of humanity would have saved the baby and my first reaction was I don't know that baby I don't know who they belong to I know that relative that's blood blood is everything and so they said you tend to view people in various tiers of worthwhile humanity And the weird part is total strangers are not as valuable to me as pets. But then again, you've never seen my dogs. I've had some phenomenal dogs over the years. And I counted them every bit as close as family. But evidently it goes like this. It goes blood relatives and my chosen people, pets, friends, distant friends, coworkers, strangers. And oddly enough, in between strangers and distant friend co-workers, is anybody Irish? And that has to do with more of my upbringing. It's like, but then again, I think the whole structure is built based on being Irish. Because you, family is much, there's us and there's them. In fact, I believe that's one of the the translations of the, the phrase Sinn Féin, which is the name of the IRA, is ourselves. But it's that kind of... I don't know, compartmentalized sociopathy that lends itself to the title of today's episode, Obsession is an Ugly Thing and Kind of Fun, on today's Caffeinated Humor. You know, I recently got an email critique from a family member, and despite my arrogant assumption that I am always the smartest person, like much more than most, I do respect her opinion. Now, she mentioned that while she loves the blog, the podcast, it sometimes pisses her off that I bag on people so much, that I'm that negative. Now, my first reaction was bristling denial. How dare she? I am an artist, damn it. I mean, Hemingway was never subject to this kind of shit. Why should I have to put up with it? Now, I've done denial before. I'm pretty good at it. And then once I thought about it, it led to more thought, and that's where there became trouble in River City. Now, I decided to look back over the last eh, six months of podcasts and then the blogs that they came from, looking for instances that I may have been a little unfairly you know, mean to somebody who didn't deserve. It didn't take long. It was like, I think, two minutes in and maybe 50 words on the blog. Okay. Maybe she's right. I mean, I don't know why I think everybody else is always wrong. I mean, call it a personality court, but I'm usually right about that. But this also led me to reviewing the way I view those around me. My first thought when I think of other people is play things for my amusement. And that doesn't really bode well for playing good in the sandbox. Now, here's a good example. I was once in a Starbucks early morning 
cream and sugaring my coffee when the guy next to me began cleaning off the cream and sugar kiosk. And he didn't work there. But as I watched, he cleaned up the area in front of himself, the space between us, and then I had to pick my coffee up as he started cleaning my area. That was pretty interesting. And once he finished my section, he started to clean up the upper level that had the creamers and the sugars and such on it. But this is when the evil side of me started to rear its ugly head. I decided to test his commitment to obsessive cleaning. Call it blasphemy, but I kind of moved my wrist wrong and, and intentionally knocked over my coffee. Beautiful golden liquid. I, I believe that day was a, um, a Nicaraguan roast, a little dark, a little smoky, had some chocolate to it, but it was delicious. And I, you know, it began to, it's all over the lower level of the kiosk, starts to drip down the side onto the floor. And Obsession Boy almost lost it. It was like throwing a handful of seed into a bunch of starving pigeons. I mean, it was just furious activity. First, muttering under his breath began. It was low, indiscernible. It was a little creepy, like something you might hear from a serial killer at the top of the pit. His hand was a blur, ripping out napkins, sopping up the coffee, cleaning. It was a little bit, it was, it was sick is what it was. I almost feel bad for taking delight in it over his cleaning obsession. But this is the kind of guy that buys his cleaning supplies by the case from industrial warehouses, and his hands always smell faintly of cleanser. I appeared to help by trying to throw my cup away and spilling what little was left on the newly cleaned section, and the muttering just got worse. For a moment, I I thought about keeping this up, but cruelty is hard to sustain without feeling like an absolute shit. So best to just let it go. Kind of like a curling in the Olympics. You just kind of ease your hand out there and let it go. And then you back off and it keeps on. So I went to the cashier to get another coffee. The cashier stared at me for a moment and I realized that he had been watching me. It's a slow day. And he knew exactly what I was up to. That's just wrong, dude. Eh, he was right. You got me. All I wanted was my coffee now. Hope you liked today's episode. I know I did. Do me a favor. If you liked it, even if you didn't, listen to more episodes. Put it on the background. Let it play like white noise. Just something to help you sleep at night. Anything. I need you to listen. Share it if you can. Support it if you can. Thank you. Have a great day.